We have got fan mail. No way. Got a listener letter. Yeah, got a listener letter here. You mean in addition to the hundreds of letters we've already gotten? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is just the latest in many, but it's from a it's from a friend. So I did not uh, ask for permission to use this. In fact, I didn't even respond to it, and I got it two days ago. Uh, but I'm gonna read it out loud. Uh, yes. And consider this my response, dear friend. Uh, this is a, a friend of mine, um, and I will say though it is sort of. I'll, I'll share my commentary for afterward. Big fan of the pod, really. I think you two do a great job. And this friend comes from North Carolina. Oh, I guess she says, oh, oh, fuck. But I was cracking up with the guest from California. I grew up 45 minutes outside Wilmington, North Carolina. It's a great city, and hurricanes are basically harmless most of the time for for most people. Not scary at all. Yeah, that's not not very... I don't think you're helping your case there. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, it's like, and the rabid dogs are not that bad for most people. It's like, and the acid rain doesn't land on most people. And the hurricane, oh wow, this is why we have no friends. They send us a nice letter and we we just attack them. No. Uh, and she says, I was always disappointed as a kid when the power didn't go out because then we didn't get to light candles. And uh, not, you know, and we're not the only judgmental ones here. She says, never been to Charleston, but lots of bros there. Wilmington is excellent. Oh. So, uh, you know, there's a, another data point for Diego, Diego de la Vega. And uh, also, <laughs> in her, the last the last part of the message is, also, uh, also lolled at the story that I assume is about beep. <laughs> and she correctly guessed who that one story about the person I used to work with was. So, uh, oh. the beginning of the end, everything starts to unravel from here as the <laughs> Matrix comes together and uh, people bring me down. Uh, for partaking in this commentary show, <laughs> do you ever get? Do you ever get? Um, do you ever get criticism? Uh, yeah. Well, we we previously recorded an episode in which uh, we talked about how much criticism we got related to the very first episode of the show. Which, uh, oh, right. that's... yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you got it too? <laughs> yeah, that I got. I got some heat for that one, and then just in general, the. I get a little bit of heat from uh, from my wife just for the fact that the whole point of the show is to make fun of people. And I just say, like, eh, these people deserve to be made fun of. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I generally, I don't know, people, I guess there's no, there's no really no upside in being like, hey, your podcast fucking sucks. Unless you're my uncle who recently <laughs> told me he thought it, he, he calls it the Giggling Girls podcast. He called uh, it that to your face? Laugh. Yeah, he, yeah, he said, oh, yeah, the Giggling Girls podcast. Okay. And then I made a okay, face so and he was like, hey, I listen all the time. <laughs> there I go, giggling like a girl He's again. He's the show. <laughs> all right, well. Uncle Giggling Girls, I'm really glad you're listening. I appreciate that a lot. This is Market Liberation Front. Burton Bourne, Henry Hazlitt. And before we get into today's show, we have a new product that we're ready to sell to you. Um, Bert doesn't know about this product because this is what we call... What what would you call this? 
I would call it if if I don't know about it, then it's just a secret effort that you've been doing to improve the podcast that you didn't feel the need to involve me in. I'm a little bit hurt, actually, that you did this without me. Okay, well, we have uh, three classes uh, that are taught by Joshua Sheets currently. Uh, The first (laughs) one is how to borrow money safely and never pay interest using credit cards. Guess how much Hmm. that costs? To to uh, have someone tell you just pay pay off the full amount every month so you don't have to pay interest. Fifty uh, bucks. Guess how much that that course? Forty nine. Yes. Wow. Uh, and we are here to announce that we will we will be offering the same course for forty eight dollars. If you would <laughs> like to know uh, how to avoid paying interest on a credit card for forty eight dollars, we will tell you. Uh, email us marklibrationfront at gmail dot com for our Venmo information. Uh, the second course that we will have available. Um, currently, as it's described on uh, Joshua Sheets' website, how to survive and thrive during the coming economic crisis, a rational, modern approach. Um, so how much How much for that one? Let's see. Costs. Okay, so yeah. it's got to be well, – yeah, that one's got to be more expensive because it's more information. Let's say 250 199 Ooh. Uh, I guess wow. maybe the price went down when the – the coming economic collapse never came after like having this course up for five years <laughs> or when there was a collapse and it lasted four months. <laughs> uh, are you concerned about the possibility of an economic crisis or collapse? Are you interested in having a sensible, realistic plan that doesn't cost much money, especially if that plan can still be extremely effective? If so, this course is for you. It lays out a clear, low cost and extremely simple and effective plan for you to survive and thrive during an economic crisis by bugging out and relocating to where things are better. Wait, 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 wait. I did not expect that. Hold on. I did not expect that. I thought <laughs> it, really it was just going to be like, make sure there. make sure you have some savings, like make sure you uh, uh, you can like uh, hire, like get hired at another job. So his <laughs> he advertises that the solution is to like just immediately leave wherever is having an economic crisis well look imagine if in the summer of 2008 you're like i gotta bug out and go where things are better (laughs) and you move to china (laughs) think about it right now you'd be hanging up in a gulag somewhere or you'd be in a labor (laughs) camp or if you're lucky a re-education school well or I guess I mean I mean Brazil was booming back in '08 I I think I guess before the commodity collapse I don't know well it's just uh I guess I don't understand where do you go where things are better yeah I mean especially 2008 right like that was a that was a global problem I don't feel like there was any right. area where things were just like fine China, and China. Yeah, well, I mean, China had, you know, 5% growth, but that was just all debt spending. You know, it was 5% growth because that's what they needed, so that's what they spent. I, f- <laughs> I feel like we uh, we should maybe buy this course and – well, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't need to – we yeah, don't need okay. to pay we, Joshua we, Sheets we, money to get get access to the things that he says, to the crazy shit that he tells people. That's true. Although okay, if we get to a, if we get a Patreon, that will be our first tier. If we get to like a hundred dollars a month, we'll buy every Joshua Sheets course and give you the lowdown. But until then, <laughs> we will also teach you how to bug out and relocate to where things are better. Except we'll do it for one hundred ninety eight dollars. 
uh, Venmo details through Gmail, uh, markalorushinfront at gmail.com. And now the third course. Increase your income and enjoy a richer life now by finding or developing work you love. The Radical mm. Personal Finance Guide to Career and Income Planning. <laughs> this one and this description also i love that all of his descriptions it's just half of it is just questions it's not actually telling you what's in it it's just these like leading questions you are going yeah, well, to spend the majority of your life working and that the, work well sorry what well this is how this is how you market the course is you uh you create the need in the reader's mind like how wait a minute how what will I do if there's an economic collapse I don't I don't know you have to like create insecurity in in the mind right. of the reader so that they need to buy your course that's what he's doing Okay well this is exactly what he's doing you're going to spend the majority of your life working and that work will represent one of your most important contributions to the world don't you think it would be wise to use it carefully? And since your income will be the single largest driver of your wealth plan and your lifestyle, do you think it would be a good idea to make sure it's extremely high? Oh, I don't know, I guess. Oh, shucks. And earned in a happy manner, go through this course and you'll get closer to that goal. How much? $200 also. 249 Oh, jeez. Man, he, yeah, man. he is just... Also... I, we talk about this all the time, but he is really the true master of emotional manipulation because just like listen to what you just said and how how that's supposed to just prey on the mind of someone who's insecure about their own career. Right. Um, well, OK, now let's say let's say you you want you, you kind of you, you bought through the courses, you know, you were kind of tricked into this. But it just wasn't enough. But you could spend one hour, just you and Josh, one-on-one on Zoom. Man, is would that like a – is it a personalized podcast? Is it like him ranting but just at you instead of at his entire audience? Well, this is what he says. I'm happy to work with you on any area of financial advice that you are interested in. The only thing I can't do is give any specific advice involving buying or selling securities, as I no longer hold any securities licenses, or any securities for that matter, as we Ooh. know. That's, um, that in itself yeah. is a so piece he, of advice. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then it's Joshua Sheets. I also I love all of his titles. He's an MSFS, CFP, CLU, CHFC, CASL, <laughs> RHU, REBC, and a CAP. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. <laughs> that, that sounded like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear to God, I'm looking right at it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but guess how much... Okay, so this he's got eight of his big dick titles. Guess how much he, he charges an hour to, to dole... Advice to dole out advice to the plebes. These fucking idiots to listen to his book. Four hundred an hour. Oh. How much should we do it for? How much? What is our one hour uh, Burton Henry consulting package? Three fifty. All right, we'll do three fifty. Or if you subscribe to the Market Liberation Front Only Fans. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Or if you do that. Well, if you get if you subscribe to the OnlyFans, it's a loss leader because it's basically like you're getting a free hour of consulting, but then we sucked them in with our OnlyFans subscription. 
it's a way to get recurring <laughs> income instead of just that one that one off four hundred dollars. You need to I think see. like a businessman. <laughs> I see. So, so we if you sign up for the OnlyFans, then you get the free hour. Now, okay, yeah, yeah. We told, do you have you ideas know, for told, the content guess... that's going to be on our OnlyFans channel? <laughs> oh my god! I love these celebrities who are signing up for OnlyFans and not putting nudes on it. I forgot who I don't, some celebrity. I don't. I don't know who it is. It's like some some model with like twenty million followers, but she made an OnlyFans, and apparently, it's, it, she made like three million dollars in subscriptions in twenty four hours. And the only thing you can see is there's like a photo of her in a thong or something. Like she's not even naked. <laughs> Yeah, and I know we're laughing about OnlyFans, but I actually think it's really dark and kind of sad uh, that you know so many people are re- are resorting to this and sort of selling their dignity uh, for you know eight dollars a month. Hey, I mean, it's do, sort not, of like the opposite do not disparage of what Josh... sex workers, Henry. That's not that's not what we're here for. Yeah, I like it. yeah. Sex workers are the most prized frontline workers. Like I like how it went from being like we should you know we should protect people and everyone should be equal to no sex workers are God's gift to the planet like they contribute <laughs> so much they're you know, they're 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 sort of like firefighters after nine eleven uh it, when we're in this moment where the left is rising in the Democratic Party sex workers have been elevated they're like iron workers to Donald Trump like, that's, that's right. a good that's a good real American job they're the hardworking blue collar. Uh, salt of the earth people. Yeah, the hard paying taxpayers. Um, I don't know. Okay, where 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 did we go? Where did we start that we ended up well, praising sex workers? Okay, we started with Joshua okay. Sheets, which I think he would be proud of us yeah, for no, right. for starting with with his name and ending at at how sex workers are the the salt of the earth, um, blue collar laborers of today. I bring this up because a lot of the reason that we're we're discussing this is uh we're we're gonna monetize the show. Obviously. Uh, we've, we've built up the audience. Let's uh, let's pull up Simplecast. Let's see how many last week viewers we had. We've built up the audience, we feel pretty good about it. So uh let's let's think of all the ways we can monetize it. So we're gonna have classes, we're gonna have consulting, we're gonna have um ads for stamps.com and the ball shaving thing that everyone is talking about Manscaped. on the podcast. Oh, I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't Manscaped. have said it. <laughs> yeah, man, hold out. We're not we're not saying that we're not saying that name. We don't recognize that company. Um I remember when Rush Limbaugh he changed. He had some like uh software where you would back up your computer onto it, right? Uh-huh. Uh, like some data backup software. It was like light I forgot what it was. And then they dropped him because he said something offensive. And then he got a new one. And it sounded almost identical. And at the end of the ad, he's like, that's what we're using now. Not the other one. It's changed. We're using this now. And he like went out of his way to explain. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, that's why we don't want to commit to Manscaped. Because it could be like, you know, like uh, like ball shear or something like that comes, uh, comes around or some weird... Should I bleep it out in the editing? No, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so we're going to have live reads and we're not going to tell you when we're actually endorsing a product. So if we say if you say if you hear us say that we like something, it's probably best to assume that we're being paid. 
Yeah, I mean that's this is how all good marketing is done. Obviously, you don't. You, sure, like you can read ads live, like whatever. Read the script that they give you, but the real. The real way that you get people to buy stuff is you have it seem like casual and offhand and natural. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I just I was shaving my balls the other day and um, a certain company just makes a great razor for that. You know, and then you just have a little conversation about it without actually announcing that you're doing any advertising. Right, right. And 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 the the other trick to that as well is um, which would I mean, talk to anyone who's been in the radio business. And the one thing that matters is that your audience doesn't know if they can trust you or not. That's the best way to monetize is if your audience is like, are they for real? Like, can I trust their opinion on this? Are they just being paid? That's kind of the money spot because it's exciting. It it generates kind of conversation and buzz. And people are like, are these guys committing fraud or like, are, are they doing illegal, you know, payback or you know back pay schemes or whatever and that's kind of that's just fun it's radio you know it's it's doing coke in the bathroom in the 80s it's it's woo you know it's out there i see so, uh, so what you're saying that, is we'll you love my idea of uh secret unannounced ads in the podcast thousand percent what kind of merch do you think would be good in, in addition uh, t-shirts hats um phone cases Ooh, phone case, good. Masks, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Man, I saw I saw a guy have a confrontation about a mask at the airport. Really? People are yeah, still doing that? What the fuck? Yeah, it's like it's like it didn't cover his mask. It's like oh, it's difficult for me to breathe, and they're like, "Sir, I cannot help you if you're." It's just the 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 two least sympathetic people on the planet. The person who works the desk at the airport, and then the guy who doesn't want to wear a mask in public. I I feel bad for those people who work at the desk at the airport. They have the worst job, man. We were just talking I mean, about how shitty travel is. Like, imagine everyone is in such a bad mood when they're flying on airplanes. Like, and then your job is to deal with those people. I don't know. I try and be as nice as possible to them because I feel like they're like totally helpless to help you with basically all of your problems, but they still have to take all the abuse about it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I. I. I go out of my way to be nice to them. I just generally try to be nice to anyone in a service position. Uh, yes. Because not not out of like the kindness of my heart, but purely out of self advantage and fear of retaliation. <laughs> <laughs> they would just like accidentally not put the tag on your bag correctly, so it falls off. Shit like that. I'm just convinced like every waiter is ready to spit in your food at the at the at the slight <laughs> the slightest provocation. <laughs> yeah, I uh I don't assume that that happens, but it is a f- it is reasonable. <laughs> it's probably it's almost certainly happened to you at some point in life. But see, I don't know about it, so then did it really matter? It's like if a tree falls in the well, forest, if a waiter spits in your soup and you don't notice, does it matter? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. But what if you get the flu? Okay, then then that sucks. But you wouldn't even know that that's how you got it. Yeah. If you get if you get the corona, <laughs> that'd be even worse. Yeah, the Rona, man. Ugh, I'm so. You know what? Here's my hot take of the week. I'm fucking sick of coronavirus. It Whoa! Is stop the presses! Crazy take from Henry Hazlitt. He's sick of coronavirus. Everybody. I you know I haven't heard that from anybody uh, else. 
I think my favorite, my favorite thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad that Trump is gone, but maybe comedy can be good again, and it won't just be Stephen Colbert crying uh, every every <laughs> night. But the one thing I did like about about the Trump era was, I would say, once every two months, some major publication would have some guy write a publish a meltdown about it. And everyone on the mm-hmm. left would be circulating it and being like, brilliant, emotional Trump takedown, exactly how I feel. And it was always exactly the same. It was like, I'm not going to take this anymore. But it's just <laughs> they would hit their breaking points at different times and they would all sort of say, seem sort of like the same feckless, like, we're tired of your attitude around here. It's time for a girl <laughs> boss president or something. Um, and I, I, I feel that way about the pandemic where every couple of months I just say, no. No more. Bad. It's not going to change anything, but... <laughs> I know. I, I really go through phases of, like, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, whatever, things are fine. And sometimes it's like, oh, God, I fucking hate this. So, everyone out there listening who's getting bored because you've already heard uh, how much coronavirus sucks, we're with you. We understand you. Right. Now, we also have to open ourselves up to the possibility that our monetization schemes, our merch... Patreon, OnlyFans, Venmo, Cash App, uh, our Chatterbait account. Um, That's what are all the other you. Ways you can... <laughs> Once, you know, it's like, yeah, imagine if we just we, we signed up on a cam website and it's just you and I with PowerPoints being like, <laughs> like if you're married, you can double your Roth. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, here's the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. <laughs> it's like, it's like, this is the worst fucking stream ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But we're both shirtless. We're not naked. We're just shirtless. And then and then so it generates a cult following. And then we never have to shirtless, <laughs> Shirtless financial advice. You know, so you're saying yeah. there's a possibility you're, you're this idea is not going to pan out. <laughs> uh, I, I'd never recognize it, which is why I put my life savings into making T-shirts for the firm. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, I spent uh, okay. eighty thousand dollars on T-shirts. Oh uh, shit! Just you know, just so we have the stock ready for when they start selling out. Okay. Well, if our monetization scheme doesn't work, uh, I think that's okay because what you need to do. And this is normally something I do on the 315-hour consulting call, but you need to get into weird entrepreneur mode. Ooh, this is a mode I have not tried yet. Yeah, well, see, everyone is just like, oh, I want to start a tech company that can go to a billion dollars, right? Boring. Oh, I want to start a company that's not a lot of work and I can pass off and just, you know, do something else while just enjoying the income. Hmm. Or, ooh, I want to buy a McDonald's franchise it these are uncreative ideas right awful and what's great about america is it's so big and there's so much freedom that there are a lot of weird ways to get rich (laughs) and to that end we have here a wonderful twitter thread of all the weirdest ways people could think of that someone got very wealthy this isn't just like oh i have this weird business doing this weird thing it's like it says very wealthy. Right, right. Okay, where do we begin? I think just with the first one. Right. Heavy equipment rehab flippers. 
So actually, oh, we shit, have heard a little bit about this for the first one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Twitter, anyway. your algorithms. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's the strangest way? Oh, so you got what is that? Heavy equipment rehab flippers. Oh, so you buy like a tractor and clean it up and sell it? Yeah, or I could think of like there's big expensive machine tools that companies use to make stuff. I could imagine that because those last basically uh, okay. forever. They just get rusty. You buy one and you clean all the shit off of it and I bet you can resell it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was looking in, by the way, I was looking into that van idea we had discussed on the previous episode. And, yeah, like uh, the van flipping. Just, the, buy an old camper van and, yeah, there's and rehab it. There's definitely be mon- there's definitely money to be made there, but the dollar per hour ratio isn't there for me. I'm sticking with real estate in my investment for 2021. Mm, so there'll be okay. more on that. Uh, but that's okay. also going to be weird because we're we're doing a couple weird things. But anyway, okay, so yeah, sure. I guess you can, you know, buy a, a tractor or whatever. This is I, I like some of them because they point to uh, flaws in the system that let people get rich, right? Cleaning uh-huh. out ta- out the tanks at gas stations required by the EPA. Thousands of gas stations, not a lot of competition. Ooh, because probably Cause no one wants to do massive, that work, right? Yeah, no, and there's just a massive moat around the industry because of like EPA regulations and you know getting the certification to clean the tanks out correctly and shit like that. Okay, I'm not positive, but that's my guess. Is like whenever whenever the government mandates that people do something, if it's not very common, like someone will come up uh, and just kind of own that market and buy all the permits or whatever. One, yeah, I one, mean, uh, my one... my job is actually kind of something like that because it only exists because of tax credits the government offers and like the absurdly complex ways that you um, like the absurdly complex rules that you must follow to take advantage of them. That's kind of what my right. whole business right. relies on. Right, right. OK, well, oh, the, but I like this comment. This would be strange for Americans but most people in the developing world get wealthy through preferential attachment to power structures, shady deals, and bribery. <laughs> then they legitimize themselves through Forbes lists, buying trophy properties, etc. It's like, <laughs> yep, that's kind of why the U.S. works. is because you and I can start a podcast and, you know, dream that we can sell Market Liberation Front branded dildos and become famous. Right? Whereas if we grew up in, like, Nigeria... Uh, you know, we would have to like pay off the local militia, you know, or the local government cadre or all of them. Yeah. Or, or even better be born so that like your uncle is the head of the local militia. It's like the the local local colonel or whatever. (laughs) No, no, no. If your uncle, if if your uncle is, (laughs) I'm not going to do a Nigerian if he is what if he is like the local colonel then you get to be you get to own the local factory okay i have a good one here you ready all right what do you got what do you got for us it says instead of instead of (laughs) he he replaces some words with emojis which is very adorable so not u.s flag emoji (laughs) 
<laughs> related, but still like scream face emoji. A guy from Eastern Europe working as a personal driver for one of the top traders at Mark Rich and Co. Somehow, he started working for them, sent to Russia in 90s, now owns mines, private plane, etc. Not bad for ex taxi slash personal driver sunglasses face emoji. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but I mean, being in Russia in the '90s with twenty US, like with a twenty dollar bill USD, you know, a week later it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I own the the Russian soccer league. It's not, you know, it's not Premier League, but you know, it's worth a few hundred million dollars, I guess. Or it's like, it's like, oh, you were in Russia in the '90s. It's like, so you're the guy who owns that, you know, one million acre parcel in Siberia with all that oil on it. It's like I heard you I heard you overpaid for that. That was two thousand dollars, but not an overpayment now, is it? You know? Right. It was like just the they're downside. just exiting <laughs> exiting communism and they didn't know about the concept of like markets and the value of money versus buying things. So people could just show up and be like, Oh, sure, like I'll trade you your like voucher for your apartment for five dollars. How about that? And they're like, Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, or I just I forgot exactly how it worked, but I just remember there was some billionaire. I think he owns an NBA team now, but his the way he got rich was he just loaned money to the Russian government at the time, uh, or like he would just hold money for them in a bank account and then just collect the interest and then give it back to them later, you know, or char and just charge them to keep their money. So it was just man, there there has to be a great book about russia russia's economy in the 90s that is a wild ride dude it's wild uh, yeah shock therapy it's too it's bad fucking crazy yeah it's, it's too bad they fucked that up because they could have become like ukraine or like a cool country like that but here we are yeah uh this one is pretty good alligator farming crazy high margin <laughs> business oh god <laughs> yeah well okay sure but i think the downside is that you have to like slaughter alligators <laughs> <laughs> okay on the on the i guess in a similar vein of like disgusting animal related things dosed pedigree bull semen no bullshit no one not a one-size-fits-all business need to know genetics <laughs> of your herd <laughs> what you what you want herd genetics to be in the future what affects your sire's ability what is your target revenue market? Milk, breeding stock, etc. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a creep. This guy also just I don't like this guy. Founder at Hogs for the Cause. Wine guy. Recovering I wonder OMG. If, I wonder how much he charges for consulting for my bull semen business I'm thinking of starting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dog breeders. Oh, dog breeders do make a lot of money. Oh, I bet. Remember when, oh I, my remember gosh. when I wanted to adopt a dog for like a week? What? Wait, do you remember when I wanted to adopt a dog for like a week? <laughs> no, I, like, I do not. It's too much work. I just, <laughs> I got bored and I I just went down. I just went down this like path of reading articles about how to raise a dachshund, and I'm like, holy shit, this is really hard and complicated. You don't sleep. It's like having a child. Fuck that. I, I, I do remember this. Okay, I have a, a little digression about um, fancy bred dogs. So this is someone I work mm. with. Her husband 
Okay, her husband did some work on a rich guy's house. It's like a lot, a lot of degrees of separation. But anyway, so this guy, he's just like this psycho rich guy, basically. And mm-hmm. has a psycho wife. And they had a very expensive dog, like a, you know, $50,000 German Shepherd. Like you can, you can buy that. <laughs> and, and it's like super right. highly trained and really friendly and all this stuff. So, you know, whoever sold them that dog made a lot of money, but. The dog, they were like playing fetch with it with a ball, and the dog caught the ball, like bit into it a little bit, started choking on it, and then just like choked and died right in front of them. And <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but it's fifteen thousand dollars. So no, no, <laughs> not fifteen, fifty, five zero. Oh God, that's so awful, man! Poor Isn't dog. that crazy? I know, like, yeah, well, no, poor dog. So bad. I mean, like, I didn't mean, obviously I they laughing, shouldn't have I been laughing playing. That the dog died. <laughs> okay, it's, it's just, very sad it's, that the dog died. I know I, the dog is like the innocent one in this whole story because, like, yes, what? yes, hundred percent, it just exists. <laughs> but wow, like I. You know, sometimes you, like, drink an expensive glass of alcohol and you're like, wow, I'm about to drink, like, $20 and you drink it. But, like, holy shit, like a $50,000 animal just gone. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, 